It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. Hong Kong reports nearly 6,500 new COVID infections as authorities prepare to reopen the Asia World Expo for COVID patient use. The Undersecretary for Security says it's now believed that 11 Hong Kong people are being held captive by human traffickers across Southeast Asia and more people have been charged with corruption in connection with the airport's third runway project. Health officials have reported 6,445 new COVID infections, including 185 imported cases. Eight more COVID patients have died. Almost 1,900 people are being treated in hospital, 10 of them in intensive care. The hospital authorities said from next week it will again use the Asia World Expo to house COVID patients and initially 200 beds would be available. The Centre for Health Protection's Dr Albert Al called on people not to let their guard down, saying the daily COVID tally was now increasing at a faster pace than before. In the past, we used to have about more or less the same level of uh, caseload with an increase of 100 to 200. But then for the past uh, few days, like since the 15th of August up to now, we are having a daily increase of over a thousand, I mean 400, 500 more a day. This is worrying. Probably this is all because of the greater infectivity of B.5. The government says the Kaitak isolation facility, which started operation this morning, had received about 60 COVID patients as of 6pm. The facility is managed by an anti-epidemic task force under the Security Bureau. In a statement, a spokesman for the Bureau noted the quarantine facility in Penny's Bay, also run by the special task force, had reached 80% of its capacity. As the number of infections had grown, so authorities had decided to provide additional isolation units at Kai Tak. Authorities have announced that from next Monday, government workers who need to take their toddlers to get inoculated will be entitled to half a day of childcare vaccination leave. In a statement, a government spokesperson said the measure applies to all government employees whose children are aged between six months and three years old. He said the arrangement is aimed at encouraging staff to get their young children vaccinated against COVID as soon as possible amid the rapid spread of mutant strains. The Undersecretary for Security says 11 Hong Kong people are now believed to be held captive by human traffickers in Southeast Asia. Michael Chirk revealed today that three Hong Kongers had sought help from the authorities in addition to eight other captives officials were already aware of. Timmy Song reports. Mr. Chekto and Nat HK Pogram, that is three latest suspected victims, are in Thailand and Myanmar. He said although they are being held prisoner after apparently falling prey to job scams, they are able to maintain communication with their families. The Undersecretary said authorities are now trying to rescue all 11 apparent victims. He added that 12 others are believed to have suffered a similar fate, although 10 of them have since managed to get back to Hong Kong. Mr. Chuck said those who have returned spoke of being detained and forced to engage in fraudulent activities after responding to fake job adverts online. They have said if they complied with the order to work, there normally wouldn't be much problem. But if they didn't do well in their work or refused to work, they would be beaten or abused. Individuals have mentioned that they had to scam people out of a certain amount of money, otherwise the syndicates would ask their family members to make up the difference. In some cases where people couldn't pay in full, they've yet to be freed. 
Mr. Chuck said ransoms demanded by the gangs can go up to hundreds of thousands of dollars. Media reports that one victim escaped from the clutches of gang in Thailand, only to be recaptured by them and trafficked to Myanmar when he couldn't secure a quarantine hotel booking to return to Hong Kong. Asked about this, the Undersecretary for Security said he wasn't sure which person the reports referred to, but authorities will arrange quarantine facilities or travel documents for trafficking victims if necessary. A senior executive of the airport authority and the owner of a subcontractor in the third runway project have been charged with accepting and offering bribes totaling $3.8 million. Ricky Lee allegedly conspired with Ng Kai On and potentially others to accept bribes as a reward for being favourably disposed to Mr Ng's company, Carroll Engineering Limited. Mr Lee is also charged with conspiring with another subcontractor to accept bribes for helping it to secure contracts. You're listening to RTHK. The time is exactly five minutes past 11. Eight people have been jailed for up to four years and four months over a protest in Chimsa Choi on August the 11th, 2019. A ninth defendant was sent to a training centre. Mike Weeks has the details. Two of those sentenced had admitted taking part in a riot, while seven were found guilty of the charge. A tenth person was acquitted. One of the defendants was also found guilty of possessing firearms or ammunition without a licence after being found with nine used tear gas canisters. District Court Judge Lily Wong said up to a thousand people had gathered in the streets of Chim Sa Choi, bringing traffic to a standstill and causing a disturbance to the public. Some protesters threw petrol bombs at a police station, injuring an officer's leg, and blocked the station's entrance with bricks and water barriers. But Judge Wong said there was no evidence the defendants had been violent or played leading roles in the protest. However, she said they had come prepared to cause trouble since they wore black clothes. The pair who pleaded guilty to rioting were given sentences of 40 and 42 months in prison, while six of those who denied the charge were jailed for between 50 and 52 months. A 17-year-old student was sent to a training centre. The Advisory Council on the Environment says it hasn't made a decision over whether or not to approve or block an environmental impact assessment report on a plan to build public housing estates on a luxury private golf course in Fanling. Instead, it's asking the government and other stakeholders to provide additional information for further discussion. The council's chairman, Stanley Wong, said the group probably needs about seven more months to go through the information. He said he doesn't believe the additional time needed will affect public housing supply. In the original plan, if everything goes smoothly, this public housing units will probably be built and available for allotment to the families on the waiting list uh, will be uh, 2029. Now, with the new government and all the measures that is being taken to shorten some of the procedures, this particular you know, building cycle of five to uh, six years can absorb the seven months of additional information that we're seeking today. The Hong Kong Association of Banks says it expects local lenders to face further pressure to lift their mortgage rate caps as U.S. rates are expected to keep rising. HSBC and Standard Chartered yesterday announced they were raising their mortgage rate caps by 25 basis points to 2.75%. 
The association's chairperson, Mary Hoon, says such moves are within reasonable expectations, as mortgage rates linked to the Hong Kong Interbank Offered Rate, or HIBOR, have gone past the caps. She also highlighted that it's up to individual banks to decide whether they need to hike rates. It depends on a few factors, the intensity and the frequency of the increase in interest rate and whether Hong Kong will follow through and how fast Hong Kong will follow through the US dollar rates is one. Second is the aggregate balance. The aggregate balance is now um, 120 billion Hong Kong dollars, which is dropped from 160 to 120. So if it further drops, it will provide uh, the right condition for the consideration of whether the prime rates need to be increased or not. So, but individual banks' mix of portfolio and their cost of liquidity will still really be the factors to decide whether ultimately the prime rate will increase for individual banks. Billionaire Xiao Zhenhua, who was taken away from the Four Seasons Hotel in Hong Kong five years ago, has been sentenced to 13 years in prison by a Shanghai court for financial crimes. It also fined his tomorrow holding conglomerate over 55 billion yuan. Priscilla Ng reports. The Shanghai First Intermediate Court said the billionaire had been found guilty of illegally absorbing public deposits and illegal use of funds. A court statement said the tycoon and his tomorrow holding had severely violated financial management order and hurt state financial security. From 2001 to 2021, the court said Xiao and his holding company gave shares, real estate, cash and other assets to government officials totaling more than 680 million yuan to evade financial supervision and seek illegitimate interests. Xiao himself was fined 6.5 million yuan for the crimes. The billionaire has not been seen in public since 2017 when he was taken from the Four Seasons Hotel in Central. In July 2020, nine of the group's related institutions were seized by Chinese regulators as part of a crackdown on risks posed by financial conglomerates. According to the Huren Report, which ranks China's wealthiest people, Mr. Xiao was worth almost 6 billion U.S. dollars in 2017. The United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres has said he hopes discreet dis- Discreet diplomacy can ensure the safety of the Russian-controlled Zaporizhia nuclear power plant in Ukraine, amid fears it could be damaged by artillery fire. Mr Guterres, who's visiting the Ukrainian port of Odessa, told the BBC the situation around the plant was complex. It is a very confusing situation, but there are two things that are essential. First, to stop any kind of military activity. We have been supporting the demilitarization of Zaporizhia. And second, to allow for uh, a serious work of the uh, International Agency of Atomic Energy to verify and guarantee the safety of, of the plant. Russia has so far rejected calls to demilitarize the area. The governing party in Sri Lanka has asked the president to provide the necessary security and other assistance to allow his predecessor, Gotapaya Rajapaksha, to return to the country. Mr Rajapaksha fled... Th- fled Sri Lanka last month after a public uprising over the economic crisis. He's currently in Thailand. The BBC's Anbarasan Eti Rajan has more details. The ruling Sri Lanka People's Front is the latest among the supporters of Gotabaya Rajapaksha calling for his return to Sri Lanka. Mr Rajapaksha has few options to travel. Rights groups have been urging countries not to accept him as he faces allegations of corruption and rights abuses. 
charges he denies. Mr. Rajapaksha fled the country after thousands of protesters stormed his residence and office in Colombo last month. He first went to the Maldives and then on to Singapore from where he sent in his resignation. That paved the way for veteran politician Ranil Vikramasinghe to win a vote in parliament and become president. Turning to sports, Thailand's BG Patum United have knocked Kichi out of the Asian Champions League. Playing in the competition's knockout stage for the first time, the Hong Kong champions went down 4-0, as Mike Weeks reports. Patum were 2-0 up at half-time thanks to a gift from napping Kichi players, which saw Warachit slot home the opener after half an hour. A screamer from outside the box by Iksan saw the Thais double their lead minutes later. The Thai side added a third, 22 minutes from time, and claimed a late fourth to ease into the last eight in the competition. The loss for Kitchi likely marks the end of Dejan Demjanovic's AFC Champions League career, with the tournament's 41-year-old all-time leading scorer unlikely to feature in the competition in 2023. Earlier, South Korea's John Book Motors and Japan's Vissel Kobe advanced to the last eight. John Book defeated Daegu 2-1 in extra time. Kobe were 3-2 winners over fellow J-League side Yokohama Marinos. And for a preview of match day three in the English Premier League, here's the BBC Sani Rajavajala. Round three with the heavyweights of the Premier League starts with Spurs hosting Wolves. The home side are looking to carry on the momentum from that dramatic 2 all draw with Chelsea last weekend. Wolves are still looking for their first win of the season. Everton are looking to pick themselves up after two defeats in a row as they welcome Nottingham Forest. And after spending over 100 million US dollars on new signings, Steve Cooper could have an all-Nigerian front line if he partners new boy Emmanuel Dennis with their match winner against West Ham, Taiwo Awanyi. Arsenal boss Mikel Arteta is floating like a butterfly right now. His side have two wins in two, and in Gabriel Jesus, they have a striker stinging like a bee. Two goals and two assists in their 4-2 victory over Leicester. He'll be looking to add even more as Arsenal go to Bournemouth. Champions Manchester City go to Newcastle United on Sunday, having yet to concede a goal. Kevin De Bruyne grabbed the headlines at the other end in their 4-0 win against Bournemouth, but don't count out Erling Haaland just yet. And it'll be a feisty encounter in West Yorkshire as Leeds host Chelsea. But with both teams throwing away two-goal leads in the last games, who knows who'll land a knockout blow. To the weather forecast, cloudy with showers and a few thunderstorms. Temperatures in the region of 26 to 30 degrees with moderate southeasterly winds which will be fresh offshore. The outlook, those showers will ease off gradually on Sunday and it'll be mainly fine and very hot again in the early part of next week. Currently 28 degrees Celsius, humidity 86%. A reminder of our top stories tonight, Hong Kong reports nearly 6,500 new COVID infections as authorities prepare to reopen the Asia World Expo for COVID patient use. And the Undersecretary for Security says it's now believed that 11 Hong Kong people are being held captive by human traffickers across Southeast Asia. The news from RTHK. Entertaining Hong Kong since 1985. Let's go. Don't want you for the weekend. Don't want you for a night. I'm only interested if I can have you for life. Yeah. 
Shania Twain, I don't know if that's the song that Alan's actually looking for, but it's the closest we can get to the title that you suggested. I hope it will work for a Friday anyway. Thanks for everybody else getting in touch. Radio Pete at Gmail is the way to do it if you'd like a song between now and 1am. Doc Holiday next.